0: It's the next level. Hmm. Ah. Oh. What did you want to talk to me about, John? I want you to reconsider leaving the island, Jack. I would like you to stay. You'd like me to stay. That's right. You threw a knife into the back of an unarmed woman. You led half of our people across the island and got most of them killed. Well, Jack, you put a gun to my head and you pulled the trigger. I was hoping we could let bygones be bygones. I'll tell you what. You stay here in your little greenhouse, but the rest of us are going home. But you're not supposed to go home. What am I supposed to do? Well, I think I remember. What was it that you said on the way out to the hatch that... Crashing here was our destiny. You know, Jack. You know that you're here for a reason. You know it. And if you leave this place, that knowledge is going to eat you alive from the inside out until you decide to come back. Goodbye, John. You're going to have to lie. Excuse me? If you have to go, then you have to lie about everything. Everything that happened since we got to the island, it's the only way to protect it. It's an island, John. No one needs to protect it. It's not an island. It's a place where miracles happen. And, and if, you, if you don't believe that, Jack, if you can't believe that, just wait till you see what I'm about to do. There's no such thing as miracles. We'll, we'll just have to see which one of us is right.
1: Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lust Revisited, as we wrap up our coverage of the fourth season of the series. I'm Ben.
2: And I am Jeremy Bentham. <laughs> this you, week, we you move should be forward. dead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, should be. This <laughs> week, we move forward with our discussion of the last two parts of the season four finale episodes 13 and 14. There's No Place Like Home, parts two and three.
1: Um... Yeah, I'm just going to put, a, I'm going to add an additional warning to our, our, uh, our regular warning. Uh, the first one being, this is a spoiler-full podcast. We're going to talk about things that have happened in the past, as well as some things that happen in the future of the series. So be forewarned, because it is a rewatch. Uh, my second warning is, there is so much to talk about between these two episodes, that if we forget anything, I'm apologizing in advance.
2: Oh, yeah, we're not going to get to everything in this probably, but we will. We've talked about the events of this episode a lot already, and we probably will continue to talk about the events of this episode uh, in the near future. So.
1: Well, yeah, because they're impactful to especially going into season 5. I mean right. everything these, that happens in these two episodes is really impactful for Well,
2: while. the whole three-part finale really, I mean, it's like you could take this one episode and you could probably like create little yarn strings out yeah. from it backwards, forwards, up, down. This is kind of like a a center, a centerpiece of the series, even yeah. though we only have two more seasons.
1: Yeah, I mean, because by the end of this episode, by the end of part three, I mean, we're at a point where we're left with, I mean, we've been left with cliffhangers before in this series, but we're left with such a cliffhanger 2 a two major cliffhangers by the end of this um, that you couldn't help but want season five immediately.
2: Yeah, I'm excited that we get to just watch it. (laughs)
1: And it's and it's no wonder, too, that these three episodes, I think this is pretty I think every source I've checked, whether it be Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb or um, Metacritic or wherever you look these three episodes, this is pretty much the every a lot of people's favorite finale of the series. Season the season four finale is the one people remember the most.
2: Yeah, um, I, I I can get on board with that. I you know I just I love these characters so much, and I really feel that we get the best of every single character in in these finale episodes. We get everybody at their best. Sawyer's at his best. Hurley's at his best. Said's at his best. Ben is at his best. Yeah. Um, you know, even Jack. You see every. You see kind of every face of Jack in these three episodes, these last two episodes, um, too. you know, you see him doubt himself. You see him drunk, you see him sober, you see him lead, you see him save Desmond. Do you see, like, you see him be that asshole that we have come to know and hate. Um,
1: you see him desperate. You see him. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, we see, he really goes through every range of who Jack is, it's like four seasons of of his character building all culminate to these episodes and that that's really something kind of I mean great job to Matthew Fox. Yeah. Oh, know? absolutely. Um same thing with Ben I think. I mean Ben Ben's entire motivation from the time um his daughter dies until him sitting there with Jack looking at Jeremy Bentham's co- coffin I mean, that's quite a journey as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, well, I mean, like, it, yeah, we've talked about it before in that episode where Kimi kills Ben's daughter. I mean, that that is the epitome of a flip switching in Ben. Switch flipping. What did I say? Flip switching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> switch flipping.
2: Uh, uh, you, I like it better flip. You switching. messed it up. I'm... You're stupid. <laughs>
1: And that's how a bill becomes a law. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I said flip switching. That, I liked it better flip switching. No, that is the epitome of a switch flipping in Ben. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, he becomes a completely different person. After that, he was evil before, but now he becomes evil and ruthless.
2: Yeah, but you know what? I think that he regains a little bit of his humanity at the same time. And he starts to become almost likable. Not just somebody saying Michael Emerson's a really good actor and he does Ben Linus really well, but you really start to empathize with Ben. Like when Ben kills Kimi. You feel Like there's a justification in that.
1: Yeah, there's I mean, he does it with rage, but you can feel every bit of the rage that I mean, I mean, like, I mean, just jumping right to that scene right now. You're right. Like when he when he knocks Kimi down and he's like stabbing at him and stabs his throat like and he's screaming, you killed my daughter. You feel every bit of that rage and you forget for a second that he just killed everybody else on that boat. Mm -hmm. by doing that but that's because you're so pent up with that same rage that you just forget about it yeah for a second
2: not too long because Locke's right there going god no what are you doing
1: yeah exactly like you just you just realize what you've done and man and then it's like all of a sudden it's just another flip when he just looks at Locke and it's like so so
2: You know, uh, that whole scene, though, really the worst part of that entire scene was Kimi going. (sighs) I'm like, I hate that gurgle sound. (laughs) That gurgle sound just makes me want to go.
1: (laughs) 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 But yeah, I mean, there is there's so much to talk about. And I'm excited going forward because we've mentioned this quite a few quite a few times that. You know, everything through seasons one through four are so impactful and so memorable that we remember a lot of it. But even in season four, there was quite a bit that we didn't remember. We had to be reminded of it.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I'm a little ashamed of that.
1: <laughs> I, I'm not. I mean, and but and now going into five and six, I can tell you right now, there's even less I remember about these series, about these two seasons. And it's not because they're unmemorable seasons. It's because there's so much that happens in these two seasons that it's hard to remember everything.
2: I do have an unpopular opinion and that is I love season five. I really love season five. I like the island skipping. I like the side, I like, I like the, the, Friendships that are about to kind of emerge. I like the the moving pieces. I love Miles. I love Sawyer and Juliet. I like, I am really, I love the fact that Jin knows English. Yeah. And I, <laughs> those
1: are a couple of things I was going to mention too. Like I, I, I really enjoy season five as well. I mean, season five is, you're right. We get the Sawyer and Juliet romance that buds out of everything. We get a completely fluent in English Jin. Um, We have Miles trying to interact with his father who doesn't know Miles is his son. I I mean, we're obviously we're revealing quite a few spoilers going into season five. But um, But we we warned you. (laughs) We we get the Saeed and young Ben friendship. Yes, I'm very I'm,
2: I'm very excited about all of this.
1: There's so much that happens in season five that and. That I but again, that's what I mean. Like there's so much that happens that it's almost impossible to remember every part of it. Right. So it's gonna be fun re-watching it and like realizing a lot of things that I had completely forgotten about these seasons.
2: Right. But before we do that, let's jump into these two episodes.
1: Yes. Uh absolutely. Where would you like to start? Oh, I get to kick things off. Yes, you do. Um, so I wanna start with. Let's just start right at the beginning. I mean, the part two leaves off right where it continues with that final scene we got in the season three finale, which was the we the infamous we have to go back scene.
2: Yeah. I um, forgot that Kate backed up. So did I. I totally forgot. <laughs>
1: but there's one, but there's one thing, there's one very important element that came out of this conversation. I know what you're gonna say. We know how long they've been off the island.
2: Yes, that's my first note. <laughs> that's
1: mine too. Um, you know, where Kate says to Jack, for three years we've been trying to forget all of the horrible things that happened on the day we left. Um, you know, which one gives us that that timeline. We know now three years have passed since they've been rescued. Um but when she says all of the horrible things that happened on the day that we left literally sets up everything we're going to get in these two parts of this finale.
2: It's like it's like one of those choose your own adventure do you continue? Yes.
1: <laughs> yep. 25 cents to continue please. Thank you. Um so yeah, I mean I think that's the perfect place to start is just with that scene because it gave us a lot of information. Yeah. We know I mean, we already know at this point, like, what happened? to We've already been curious at this point, what happens to everybody else? Why is Sun not there, but Jin? Or why is Sun there, but Jin isn't? Where is Sawyer? Where is her? Like, where? Well, we know where Hurley is. Um, you know, where is everybody else that was left behind? And we get, well, we get some of those answers. <laughs> because by the end of the episode, we're left wondering where the hell half these people are, too.
2: Yes. Um, as, as a first time viewer, absolutely. You oh, There's a lot there's a lot of questions at the end of, all of this.
1: Yep. But I love it. I love it. Um so yeah, I mean I feel like we had to start there. Um my only my only nitpick with this entire episode or with that entire scene is the fact that you know, Jack is yelling like, Kate, we have to go back. We have to go back. She is literally like 50 feet away in a moving car at an airport with planes flying over. How did she hear him?
2: Okay. I have a lot of questions about these two episodes. That wasn't one of them. <laughs> but I do have like a lot of questions about this dumb episode because I feel like they they were so busy. Oh, no, no, it's wonderful. But okay. Um, I feel like they made this amazing storyline for three episodes of a finale that they they have some plot holes in here that they're like, it's fine. No one will question it. The Internet isn't that popular yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, give me one. What's one of the plot
2: holes? Uh, how about this is my biggest problem with with. Um, with uh, the whole episode, actually. OK. okay. There is a time difference between the island and the ship. There is a time difference. So with Kimi dying, it should have been they. the people on the boat should have had a while.
1: Okay. I I had a feeling you were going to bring this up and I actually have an explanation for this. It better not suck. So remember, one of the things that we talked about is how there is a there is a time difference when it comes to different signals. Like when it comes from leaving the boat to actually physically going to the island. Yes, there is a difference, but when it comes to signals such as radio signals and phone signals, they seem to stay linear in time. Cause remember mm, when, when, the remember Morse when,
2: code walkie talkie, well, why is the, the captain dead? Well, what the, do you mean? The captain's fine.
1: Well, the Morse code was, the Morse code was a radio signal, right? the, but remember when Daniel was talking to the boat when doing the whole payload thing—that was a cell signal, and that seemed to go through pretty, pretty normally. So the signal that Kimi had to that bomb could have been a different kind of signal that actually traveled at a diff- at the at the right time, in real time. But I did have that question too when very I was watching. Very weak. It.
2: That's very weak. I don't think it's that weak. That okay. That's but I get weak. it. But
1: I get it. I do totally get your point.
2: How about the fact that Ben makes a big deal to Jack about everyone has to go back, but Aaron doesn't go back?
1: Yeah, I thought about that, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, but, now
1: to be fair, that's not really going to come into play until next season. OK, we How, don't know wait, that Aaron's not going back.
2: I have another one. Okay. How about. Jack telling Desmond, don't let him find you. Oh, you mean your girlfriend's dad? Don't let your girlfriend's <laughs> dad find you. Is are, are we having that conversation right now? Don't let your girlfriend's dad find you.
1: Look, if Steve Rogers could stay hidden for years from the 1940s to now and, and become old man Steve with no one ever knowing he was there, Desmond, no could one hide. was
2: looking for him.
1: You make a valid point and I don't want to talk about it anymore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My husband once told me that arguing with me is like uh, arguing with the sun. (laughs) He says it because of the parks and rec reference to it, but uh, it might be true.
1: Yeah, but no, I mean, and that's that's another that's another valid point.
2: Yeah, I know, but I mean, so, so when, when you talk about the plane noise and Jack screaming, we have to go back and how is it that Kate heard him? Well, how is it that all this other shit happened? So to me? It was okay? easy, it's an easy
1: <laughs> thing for you to overlook.
2: Well, no, we'll just add it to the list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, you know, I think one of the other things that's important to mention about that whole scene, we're still only on the first scene. Um, is, you know, we we get, and I don't remember if the name has come up yet, or this is the first time we're hearing the name Jeremy Bentham. Um, it is. Okay. Because we, we know Jack went to the funeral home earlier. He saw the coffin, but that's the most we've ever seen of whoever this person is. This is the first time we're hearing the name Jeremy Bentham, and we get a, quite a few mentions of it throughout.
2: Yeah, and they all seem to not even want to, like face the fact that he's around or was around like but Hurley, her is like, don't say his name.
1: Yeah. I mean, and Hurley even mentions at one point, that's not his real name. So, I mean, like when, when Kate brings him up about like how yeah, he came to visit me and you, you actually believe him. Like the way it's implied is that Jeremy Bentham, that is his actual name. And it's not until Hurley brings him up in part three that he says the saeed like that's not even his real name. And then you're like, "Oh, okay, so shit, who is Jeremy Bentham then? Or who is well, pretending to be Jeremy Bentham?"
2: It's interesting that you say that too because I was look I was doing my light research while we were getting set up and there were multiple fake endings to this moment. Really? And there's pictures of Sawyer in the coffin. There's pictures of Desmond in the coffin. There's pictures of Locke in the cof- coffin. And those are the only three that I saw. So I'm wondering how how many of those that they did. Because you could really, you could put Jen there. You could put um, uh, Michael there. You could put Juliet there. I mean, you could put a number. You put Kimi there. I mean, you could put a number of people as Jeremy Bentham and fool everyone. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially in, in the early days where, like, there was possibility of leaks. Like, that could have, yeah. it could have been done in any number of ways to prevent any kind of leak from happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only that, but, you know, they might have been still writing. They probably had the idea for Jeremy Bentham, but didn't know exactly where they were going with it yet. So they kept it open-ended until the end.
2: I'm glad that they chose Locke.
1: Although Michael would have been a very interesting choice, especially mm-hmm. after having just seen him blow up on the freighter. Mm-hmm. That would have been like, okay, what seriously the And fuck they is already
2: kind of hate him anyways for yeah. like all the betrayal over the years. Yeah. But you know, and then that whole like Walt tie-in with like what happened to my dad? Yeah, like what happened to your yeah. dad. And then Michael would have been
1: very him. interesting. It would have be been Jeremy a- Bentham.
2: Yeah. I bet well, but then what do you do with Locke's character? Well, you keep him alive.
1: He just doesn't become... But, I mean, w- thinking about it, though, I'm glad it, everything played out the way it did. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that it was locked. I mean, I'm not glad that it was locked in the coffin, but I'm glad that's the route they went with the story. Yeah. Rather. I would agree. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Jeremy Bentham is a name that is mentioned multiple times and it's, it's not revealed until the end of who Jeremy Bentham really was. I mean, and I think I remember as a first-time viewer, I think in my mind, I was like, oh, it has to be Ben. Like, who else would come and talk to all these people who you wouldn't believe, like, you wouldn't, sit, you wouldn't agree on, like, anything that he's saying? I think, yeah. though, I think in my mind, it was, it, it was Ben until it was revealed that it was Locke.
2: Yeah, the first time I watched it, I definitely thought it was Ben. I remember being shocked it was Locke.
1: Me too. I remember being shocked and almost a little upset because Locke was, at this point, one of my favorite characters on the show. So seeing him in the coffin, I'm like, no, Like, how are they going to kill Locke?
2: It's so funny, though, that you say that, too, because after doing four seasons now of this podcast, he is definitely not even in my top ten.
1: He has, he has dropped a couple spots. He's still, he's still pretty high up there just because of how complicated
2: he is. Yeah, but he's such a weak character and so easily manipulated and easily fooled and so reactive that he's, he's an untrusty, an untrustworthy character. He's unreliable. Yeah.
1: He like a, he's dropped a couple spots in my opinion. Sawyer has definitely moved up quite a few spots. I think Ben is still number 1 for me though. I don't think he's budged out of my top spot. Yeah. Um and there's still so much more to come with his character. So mm-hmm. I mean that could change, but as of right now he's still number 1. He's still my favorite character on the series.
2: He's so. a good one. I I've definitely um You know, it's so funny because I always hate him so much, but I do, I do love it when his humanity comes out, and I think that his humanity comes out in just these really beautiful ways um, that you don't really see with other characters. So that's really nice.
1: I agree with that too. Um, Let's move on, (laughs) since we've already spent a a ton of time just on this one scene alone.
2: Well, okay. Um, Let's move over to the boat for a second. Okay. so I loved Michael, Jen, and Desmond just like in the bomb room. I don't know why it gave me like uh, old school raft vibes
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> with Michael and Jen. Like when Michael's like, if we do this, blah, 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 boom. If we do this, blah, 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 boom. If we do this, blah, 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 blah. And Jen's like, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Desmond that said it though. But um, well,
1: Desmond was the one that was going over everything. It's a right, right, Ooh. right. I think it
2: was Desmond that said, if we do this, if we do that, if we yeah. do this, um, you know, what was great was that Michael knew that this was his moment. Michael knew that this was the moment he was supposed to die. He's been trying to die for however long he's been trying to die. And no matter what happened, you know, no matter how somebody tried to kill him or somebody um, or if he tried to kill himself or whatever it wasn't happening. And so I think he felt confident that if this isn't going if this bomb is not going to blow up then it's not my time to die. But he's like so ready to die that he doesn't care. But he he it's it's interesting that he looked at Jen and he's like, you know, you're dad, your father now. You got to go. Um and I love that little speech. I I thought that that was um That was definitely a changed Michael.
1: It came from a weird point, though, for me, Um, only because like not that scene in particular, not Michael saying to Jin, like, you're going to you're you're a father now. You need to go to me, like the setup for that when son is talking to Michael and she tells Michael that she's pregnant, that to me seemed all a little kind of random. Like, why would you just all of a sudden announce like I'm pregnant?
2: I mean, I, and I realized, no, of course she tells him because she wants Jen to come up and she knows that if she tells Michael that she's pregnant, that he's going to get Jen to come up.
1: Okay. All right. That makes more sense.
2: Um, son is amazing. She knows exactly what to do at, at every point. Um, it was, I noticed that when Desmond ran up to the top to tell everybody that, you know, the bomb was armed, he very easily got to the stairs, up the stairs, taking like three at a time, moving very light on his feet, by the way, he must be in incredible shape. Um, You know, coming out, getting the life, uh, life jackets, blah, blah, blah. It was all very easy for him. And, and when Jin went to go run and make a, a, a run for the top, it was obvious that, you know, Desmond's been on this boat for a while. He knew the landscape and Jin got lost. And he couldn't find the set of stairs he was supposed to take. And you could tell that he was lost. And and I just felt so bad for him because I'm like, why didn't you go up with Desmond? You could have gotten on the stupid helicopter. Yeah. Well, not
1: only that, too, but I mean, you talk about the shape that Desmond is in. Let's not forget. That's how Jack and Desmond met.
2: Right. Right. I was know. Running it was a nice callback, too. Yeah. You know, Um,
1: that's that's how Jack and Desmond met was running steps. So, I mean, it's yeah, Desmond has that shape and he's he's got that endurance to do it. But you're right. Jin should have just gone with him the first time.
2: Yeah. And he stayed and Michael should have told him, no, you should go. I got this from here.
1: Well, because if he didn't, if anybody was to stay behind with Michael, it should have been Desmond because Desmond's when the one was the one that knows how to look at these bombs and figure everything out. Jin doesn't know about that kind of stuff. So why would Jin stay behind with
2: Michael? Because Jin and Michael were friends.
1: Well, I mean, other than just to no, be. That's all
2: I can think of. Yeah,
1: to just to be there with Michael. I
2: guess. So yeah. that
1: Michael wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's really the only thing I can think of too. Because um, otherwise, there really was no reason for Jin to be there. He doesn't know about bombs. So what what's he going to do to disarm it?
2: I don't think they had any idea what they were doing with that. It's too bad Saeed wasn't there. Saeed would have been like, click, 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 click. We're done. Bye.
1: <laughs> um, I'm glad you brought him up because there is a particular scene I have literally written in all caps in my notes.
2: Okay, good. Because Saeed is just, he's wonderful in this episode, so, these episodes. <laughs> And I realized we're probably going to jump around
1: quite a bit. Um, oh, yeah. This, is, this is going
2: to be a very uh, schizophrenic type of. <laughs> recording.
1: But I I have to bring up, man, that the fight. fight between, the fight. Holy shit. <laughs> was so that good. fight between Kimi and Saeed was amazing. Like, that was probably one of the best action sequences we've got out of this show yes. yet.
2: Yes. Agreed.
1: That fight scene was intense. It was brutal. It was just awesome.
2: And Kimi had Saeed too. Yeah. He had a couple times. Yeah. But Saeed, I mean, he, he got to do a lot of his moves. And I mean, we know, we know Saeed really well at this point. Right. The uh, Like the viewer does. We know how good he is at fighting and everything that pertains to conflict. And so to watch him in action, we know how capable he is. And as a viewer, you think he's got this on Kimi. He doesn't have any idea what he, what Kimi has no idea what he's up against. And then you're like, oh no, oh no, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, he gets, he gets Saeed. He has Saeed's number a couple times in yeah. that fight. But even still, like even the times that, you know, Kimi has the number on him, Saeed never gives up. No, no. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he takes the punches, man. And he's like, Saeed's one of those guys that like, if you don't put him down, you better hope you put him down permanently. Cause otherwise you ain't winning.
2: Right. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and it's almost like he's, he's got this like piece about that from the beginning of the fight. He's like, this is cute that you think you might win because if you win, that means I'm dead. So yeah. <laughs> let's go. Yeah,
1: exactly. But yeah, I had to bring up that fight because man, that fight is, like I said, that's probably easily one of the best act- action sequences we've gotten in four seasons of this show.
2: I bet you that was really fun to film too.
1: There's a part of me too that, because I, I I actually am going to be reaching out to Kevin Durant's people to try and get Kimi, to try and get Kevin Durant on the podcast so we can talk to him about playing Kimi on the on the uh, show. Um, and I want to talk, because I watched that scene twice, um, you know, when I watch the episodes. And the yeah. second time I watched that fight... I paid close attention to where stunt man would be or how many times we'd see their faces. Yeah. So we know that it's actually them. And I really want to bring this fight scene, up, fight scene up to him too, because I want to know what it was like choreographing that and doing that entire sequence. Because when you watch, it seems like it really is those two actors, a majority of the fight.
2: Oh, I'll bet that it was. I mean, the actor that plays Kimi is like jacked out of his mind. Yeah. And Saeed's been in enough uh, fight scenes over the last four seasons that it probably both of them the whole time.
1: I it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they decided like, you know what, let's do this ourselves. Yeah. You know, we'll choreograph it and we'll do this ourselves. I mean, because camera trickery and editing can make any fight seem brutal, even though it's really, you know, put together. Proper.
2: Yeah. But this one was good.
1: This one was really good.
2: It was real good. <laughs>
1: um, I'll turn it back over to you. Where do you want to go?
2: Um. So, oh gosh, there's so much. I, I have know. all the. I have all the stuff. There really is. So, one thing that I do love um, that I just want to bring up really quickly is just that quick scene with Miles and Charlotte <laughs> and Mama <laughs> Rose. <laughs> yeah. Like you're starting to see, you're starting to see how likable miles is, which is great because I love him so much. He's such a dick in the beginning. So yeah. I'm we're just getting so, a
1: lot more of him coming up.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and we're going to find out that he's, you know, he's great. And, uh, and I love it that he's just like, I actually put my note. I love miles. I want him to be my friend
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and bring peanuts. <laughs> I love Rose. She's like, I got my eye on you. <laughs> I got my eye on you, shorty shorty. <laughs> yep. And then, and then, uh, and then miles goes over to Charlotte. He's like, I like how you just pretended that you were going to go with him. And she yeah. goes, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm totally going. He goes, oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, no, that no, he says something about like, um, Like, like be finding out where you were born or where
2: you're from. No. Yeah. No, he said, shoot, I just watched this like right before we start recording. He did. He said something like, um, uh, I find it weird that you're leaving after spending all this time trying to get back. That's it. That's it.
1: Trying to get back here. I actually have get back here written in my notes.
2: Yeah. I had to press pause a couple of times to, to keep writing. Um, I actually had to press pause to uncontrollably sob for Oh, don't we'll talk about it. We're not going to talk about it, but that's the first time that I actually had to press pause until I could get my act together.
1: We're talking about something that happened yeah, in we're part talk, three, we're, right? Yes. We're talking. Okay. To, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, let me tell you, I, I, I physically needed to get up and go get tissues.
2: I, yeah, I, I was like body shaking, like, like, like convulsing crying anyways, um, so I, I, there was very few times that I, I actually pressed pause as a result, but, and I thought, I don't need to write this down. I'll remember this part. Cause I love it so much. And it, that's not true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Miles is such a great character and we're going to get so much more of him in season five. I, I love, I can't wait. I really can't wait.
2: Yeah. And I love it that, uh, that, Poor Daniel Faraday is like, come on, guys, we got to go. We got to get off this yeah. thing. Blah, blah, blah. It's not going to be back. And Miles is like, cool, man. I'm not going. <laughs> and Charlotte does the
1: same thing. She's like, I think I'm going to stay behind. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of heartbreaking for 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 Daniel, because we know how he feels like we have an idea how he feels about Charlotte. Yeah. So to like be the person like he's stepping up to get these people off the island and he goes specifically to Charlotte. Miles says, like, I'm taking another group. You have to be on the boat. Miles staying behind is one thing. But for Charlotte to turn to him and say, like, no, I'm I'm going to stay like he can't all of a sudden turn around and say like okay then i'm staying too
2: yeah but i don't understand like i did i miss something when he all of a sudden got real weird about everybody getting off the island
1: um what do you mean like
2: like did his spidey sense tingle or something like what is it that he
1: yeah because Kimi went for sec for secondary protocol
2: secondary protocol that's yeah. what it was okay thank you thank yeah. you i that just needed when, to be reminded real quick
1: yeah that was when he panicked and knew he had to get people off the island
2: i just sat there i'm like mm, i think i i don't remember why but daniel seems real sure of himself so i'm gonna go yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go with the story okay secondary protocol that's what it is You yep. got
1: it secondary protocol was was it
2: Yeah, Kimi, Kimi underestimated everybody on the island as as capable as he was and has as, uh, you know, murdery as he was. I think he also underestimated. He definitely underestimated Ben. He underestimated Kate. He underestimated Lapidus. Like he just thought he had Uh, the jump on I love (laughs) Lapidus, but he just figured I have the jump on everybody. I'm the best guy here. And he really had to work for how he died.
1: Yeah. And he earned every bit of his death.
2: Yeah. Can we just take a pause real quick? I see all four of your cats. (laughs) I have never seen all four of them in one picture. Yeah,
1: they're all there. And And they're adorable. And I love
2: every single one of them.
1: I'm just happy they're all staying quiet.
2: But the fourth one just jumped up into his box. Yeah. That's Lucy. Oh, her box. Yeah. I forget about Lucy.
1: I'm not editing this out, by the way. This is oh, totally I'm... staying in the podcast. That's no, fine. It's fine. People know. We're recording at home during a pandemic. It's fine.
2: Well, my kids are tearing down my house in the background. <laughs> I can't hear it.
1: So, oh, good. We're in good shape. Um, I want to turn to uh, the conversation between Jack and Locke oh of yay
2: good because i have i like that
1: um anybody who's listening right now you actually heard it it's the opening clip of this week's episode so you've already heard the clip that we're about the- so you're up on about. it you're already <laughs> up on it. but that conversation because that is the conversation we're lacking you know we're lack lock that's the ship name for jack and lock Lack. um You know, Locke tells Jack, like, first off, when Jack appears, like, there's a look on Locke's face that Locke is almost happy to see Jack.
2: Yeah, unlike Hurley, who sees Jack and doesn't look at all happy to see Jack.
1: Well, remember their last interaction? I mean, their last interaction was when he said, like, I'm not, I don't care what you think. Like, I'm doing what my friend told me to do.
2: No, that's fine. But, like, even after Hurley has been through what he's been with, with Locke and Ben and at, you know, at the other's compound and everything blowing up and losing Claire and all this other stuff. He still doesn't seem relieved or happy to see Jack. True. Which I Uh, found interesting.
1: uh, Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, I think the look on his face, I don't think he's unhappy. I think he's just kind of indifferent.
2: You Which know where- for me is almost open hatred, according to Hurley. Hurley isn't indifferent towards anybody, he generally likes everybody.
1: The Tao of Hurley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, out of this entire conversation, you know, where Locke tells Jack like you're gonna have to lie, like, and and that's what starts the whole thing. Yeah. Um, there is one line in this entire conversation that when I heard that line, I was just like, oh shit. And it's when, and I have it written down, so I don't, so I don't, I don't mess it up. Um, If you do, if you do it half as well as you lie to yourself, they'll believe you. Yep. When he said that, man, I was like, oh, he just hit, he just hit Jack below the belt. Yeah. With that line.
2: Well, and you know, it, it's interesting because. Uh, Locke and Ben, I, I felt this like almost separation during this scene too. Like Ben came up, he goes, what was the arrangement? Okay, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he comes, he goes, okay, so you have been here, so you've missed everything. You need to go find Kate and, uh, and Jarrah. I think he said he didn't say Saeed. Um, they're over They're over at the helicopter. Everybody else on the beach is being off the island. Goodbye. Good day. Good luck. We're very Willy Wonka. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Energy, um, and he's like, "We'll see you later." And Jack's like, "Well, wait, what? What's going on? You know?" And like, ties have now been cut. Ben has no more use for you. Everything is over. He's—they've got to keep going with their mission. So goodbye. See you later. This is what you wanted, and you could see that Jack all of a sudden was like, "But I, I, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm not the guy, because I'm the guy." Yeah. Like it, it was very interesting to me. There was like this weird energy that happened with, with Jack in that moment. That well, seemed it, very final.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, it's almost as I mean, we talked about this a little bit last episode, too, in that, you know, Ben is somebody like he is only a villain to the people he considers a threat. And, you know, at first that was these losties, like these were the people that came onto his Island uh-huh. or what he considered his Island. Mm-hmm. He was there to protect. He was going to do it by any means possible, even if nefariously, um, you know, so by, uh, you know, putting himself into their group now, like, you know, pulling them apart and, and doing everything that he did, There's now a bigger threat. Yeah. These people are not the threat anymore. So they're no longer important to him. Well, I mean, not not in the sense that like they don't they mean nothing to him, but uh, more in the sense that like they're no longer a threat to him. So I can cut ties and and be done with this. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we kind of saw it a little bit earlier on, too, because we find out, you know, that Richard um, and his miraculous eyeliner was, you know, the one that had Saeed and Kate. They're the ones that set Kate in with Saeed to rescue Ben from Kimi and his men at the chopper. Um, and, you know, he even says to Richard, you know, what was the what was the arrangement? And Richard says, like, you know, they help us rescue you. We let them go. And he's like, OK. And that's all. It, and that's it. Like, he doesn't second. question, He doesn't question it. He doesn't second guess it. He lets them go. And he's doing the same thing now with Jack. It's like, you know what? You're no longer a threat. I don't find you a threat anymore. You're not important to me anymore. Mm-hmm.
2: Know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's still a lot of, there's still a lot of questions there as well. You know, like the. it's just also strange to me that they'd all be waiting on lock like that. You know, Richard is so obviously in charge. So is, is he though? Well, I, I mean, mean, he
1: he's kind of a right-hand man in that he's a man of action and he does what he's told and he follows orders without hesitation.
2: But a lot of times the right-hand man is really the one that is in charge.
4: Yeah, I,
1: I guess that's kind of true because the right-hand man is the one that's doing all the work. Mm-hmm. But he's still, do- but he's still, but the right-hand man is still, all the all the work is still what he's told to do. It's not really a question as to is he doing this on his own accord or is he just following orders?
2: Maybe. I don't know. I think that he, you know, I I wish that we could have like a one off with Richard and his relationship with Jacob.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because we I mean, we do get a little bit more of that later, but probably not enough. Not that I remember. I mean, well maybe it would be interesting to rewatch all of that and see. Yeah. You know, because even in in going into part 3 when jo- when Ben says to Locke like my people will be waiting for you. They're your people now. Like they'll follow every order.
2: But even hesitation. that was a even that was a lie. Kind of. I and mean, Ben wasn't stopping his work.
1: No, but he was moving on from it. Like this was the next step in what he felt he needed to do. And that that left an, an open position for Locke to fill. But it's almost, yeah, why didn't they promote from within? And why didn't Richard get the get the role?
2: <laughs> yeah. You know? Poor Richard. He never got the promotion that he so so clearly deserved. But 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 there's something
1: there's some there's something mystical about Richard that maybe because of the fact that he's I mean he's basically immortal. We saw him back when John Locke was a child as the same age. Every time we've yeah. seen him, he's the same age. There's very obviously something mystical about Richard. Maybe he's just never meant to fill that role. Maybe he's not able to.
2: Maybe he's just like like the guide, the island guide. Yeah.
1: I mean, like maybe that's part of the, maybe that's like part of a deal with the Island is that he gets this immortality, but in return, he has to follow. He has to follow, you know, seems so,
2: like a really crappy deal to me. It's a
1: shitty deal. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into the ending stuff of this part two with, yeah, you know, the, the orchid and obviously the, the chopper trip and everything. Um, just a couple, uh, One other note I want to mention or two other notes I want to mention. We get another mention of Jeremy Bentham when we see Walt go to visit Hurley.
2: Walt, man. I loved seeing him. Yeah.
1: I forgot that we saw him until I rewatched this finale. Yeah. I I forgot that we saw him. But, you know, he says to Hugo, like, Jeremy Bentham came to see me. Like, how come none of you did? Which is kind of heartbreaking you know but at the same time they they really i don't think they really had a choice but to not go see walt
2: they'd have to admit that walt was
1: there yeah exactly because walt's pretending to be somebody else like walt yeah. had to change his name i think any of them visiting walt like it's heartbreaking when you look at it from walt's perspective that like he spent time with all these people on the island how come they never came to visit me now that they're back?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But for Walt's own safety, I think they couldn't. Right. And for their own safety. Yeah. Too. Like, they just couldn't know. They couldn't. Even if they took every precaution to not be discovered. Yeah. They couldn't take a risk that a connection could be made. Right. At 100%. So, I mean, I
2: understand where Walt's coming from. But he's still a child, and he doesn't understand he doesn't understand those concepts yet. Yeah. Right?
1: I mean I, Yeah. But at the same time, it, it definitely gonna leave him with a fear of abandonment.
2: He already has that. Well, that's true. <laughs> it's, let's let's call a spade a spade here. That guy's gonna wake <laughs> up with that that guy has abandonment issues, daddy issues, mommy issues, island issues, clairvoyant issues, secret power issues. Yeah
1: dying birds in the glass issues.
2: Yeah. I mean, Walt, Walt being where he is in season six makes a lot of sense.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
2: Um, my favorite, one of my favorite parts about this whole episode was John Locke watching the video with all the warnings about not putting metal. And the look <laughs> on his face as he's watching he's like, Ben. Excuse me. Wait. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> the juxtaposition of watching Ben fill up the little thing with uh, with metal as as Doctor ha- Edgar Halliwax is sitting there yeah. saying, "Now." This is very important. Don't put any metal objects into this cube thing right here. Crash, clang, crash. <laughs> yeah. I and just, John Locke just going, um.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do any of that.
2: But then Ben's face and then Locke's like, uh, he, how, 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 Max just said we can't do that. He goes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he keeps keeps thinking he's throwing it in there. Like, it's just, that scene is. So So funny! I love it so much. (laughs) And I mean, I mean, not only
1: that too, but Ben has such a nonchalant attitude this entire time. Like he's got a goal in mind; he's going to accomplish it. Doesn't matter what anybody says. So even to the point where John's watching the tape, and he's like, "Are they talking about what I think they're talking about?" And he's like, "Time traveling bunnies." Yeah, he's just loading (laughs) everything into. If what
2: you mean by, yeah. by, by this is time traveling bunnies, then yes.
1: Then yes, <laughs> it's just so nonchalant,
2: <laughs> and it's so it's so
1: fun to watch. Like I I love moments like that in any television show or movie where you find humor in seriousness. Yeah, like it's that dry humor that like you know for a fact it's not meant to be funny, but it yeah. still turns out funny, and I just I love that. Like if. If what you mean is, t- is time traveling bunnies, then, then yes. yes, it's, you know, it's so good. I think one of my other favorite parts, too, of this entire episode, and then we'll get into the, the last couple elements of this first part, is um, we get two more great nicknames from Sawyer.
2: Kenny Rogers. Sun.
1: Sundance.
2: Sundance. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and,
1: and and calling Lapidus Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. Which, which, if there was ever a nickname that fit a character more, yeah, it's calling Frank Lapidus Kenny Rogers.
2: No wind to hold him. <laughs> no wind to fold him.
1: <laughs> and and we have not seen the last of Lapidus.
2: Thank goodness, a- at all. too, man, because I love that guy. Yeah, he ends up being the pilot. Doesn't he?
1: He Well, he's the one that ends up taking them back to the island.
2: Yeah, the pilot.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he spends some time with them on the island.
2: Good. Because I think, and I'll bet you that was pure fan service.
1: I, I would almost think like it's another situation similar to Michael Emerson and Ben, where yeah. Michael Emerson was only supposed to play Ben for six episodes. Yeah. He became such a good role. That they kept him on and he became ultimately the character that we know now, where I feel like that might have been the same thing. They probably had a realization that a lot of people loved Frank Lapidus. So they wrote him further into the script.
2: Everybody that showed up on that helicopter, Miles, Daniel, Charlotte, Frank Lapidus, even Naomi, they were all wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love all of them. Yeah, The minute they show up, I'm like, yay, everything's going to be okay now.
1: (laughs) I want to, um, I just thought of this. I want to bring it up now before I forget. Um, One of my friends just started watching Lost for the first time. Oh, cool. Um, he, He just started watching Lost for the first time. And I think he's only maybe like five or six episodes into season one. And at one part I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm totally jealous you're getting to watch this show for the first time. Like, I wish I could do that. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's like, but I have to tell you, he's like, honestly, he's like, there's some things on this. He's like, I don't know what's happening on this island, but some of it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm like, just fucking wait. Like, just wait. I was like, and I will warn you right now, um, there are some scenes in that season and further on have tissues at the ready. Yeah. um, And our friend Paik happened to be on that same Zoom call when we were talking. And he's like, Ben, I'll give you three words. I'm like, don't mention those three words right now. I was like, it's way too soon for him to hear those three words. And the way I did it, and podcast listeners aren't going to be able to know this just because we're on Zoom. I told him, I literally went like this. I'm like, Paik, don't mention those three words right now. Do not mention them. And I'm that holding wasn't my the first season. That's what I said. I said, don't oh. mention him because you are he's not even there yet.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, I thought he was still talking about the first season. I was like,
1: no, One, uh, no. And it, he was talking about moments where you need tissues.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And to any listeners out there, I was holding my hand up to the camera. So you guys know, we're talking about not Penny's boat, not
2: Penny's boat,
1: but those are the three words. And I'm like, Hey, I'm like, don't mention those three words yet. Don't even <laughs> mention them. Um,
2: but we do see Penny's boat this episode. I don't want to talk about it yet
1: because it's going to get me. <laughs> um, I think before we talk about that, though, um, we talked about the damn it. I meant I bookmarked that site and I never brought it up before this conversation. Um, Edgar Hallowax talking about the Casimir effect, um, which is actually, in essence, if I remember it correctly, it's time travel through electromagnetic waves.
2: Ah, a time heist, if you will.
1: Yes, Exactly. Uh, so you're telling me all the things that Back to the Future are bullshit?
2: <laughs> Hot tub time machine is <laughs> my
1: favorite.
2: i t- As a as such a
1: huge Back to the Future fan, when Paul Rudd's like Back to the Future was bullshit, like that line floored me. in a uh,
2: Paul Rudd is Endgame. the greatest. Is the greatest addition to any already solidified series.
1: He is a national treasure.
2: He is, and Paul- I think that we should. Erect a statue of him everywhere.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, one of the things that we didn't mention, though, when they're down in the orchid station and and Locke is talking is watching that tape is how the tape rewinds itself. Like, yeah, because it, they're it, going it tra- back in time. It travels in time. Yeah, time heist. Um. All right, so I mean, that literally brings us. We we kind of already talked about, um, you know, Ben killing Kimi and. Uh, you know, you just killed everybody on the boat. And so we talked about that. So we don't really have to bring that up again. Um, Really, I think the only thing left in part two that we kind of, we need to talk about is the the chopper, is the trip. Um,
2: Well, hang on. Okay. Jeremy Bentham was a real person.
1: It doesn't surprise me. John Locke was a real person,
2: Well, So here we go. He was an English philosopher best known for his advocacy of utilitarianism. Bentham's positions included arguments in favor of individual and economic freedom, the separation of church and state, freedom of expression, equal rights for women, end of slavery, abolition of physical punishment, including that of children, the right to divorce, free trade, and the decriminalization of homosexuality. In 1785, he designed the panopticon, a type of prison which allows an observer to observe all prisoners without the prisoners being able to tell whether they are being watched.
1: That's interesting.
2: That's super interesting. Yeah. After his death. That
1: part alone.
2: After his death, Bentham's body was preserved and stored in a wooden cabinet, like a coffin. Um, this preserved body, called the audio auto icon, has been on display at University College London since 1850. And every 50 years is brought to the college council meeting where Bentham is listed as present, but not voting.
1: I, I'm kind of all struck by that.
2: I know. That's
1: That's kind of, that's kind of cool at the, at, at the very least.
2: I feel like we could do
1: an entire episode on
2: this. (laughs) There's so much information that I just,
1: I did not know anything about Jeremy Bentham until you read that. And the whole fact that his body is still on display and preserved and that every 50 years he's in attendance of a meeting like that's morbid but awesome at the same time. Yes. That's really cool.
2: Now and the panopticon. Why are Which there some, might as well be called
1: The Island. Yeah. Why are there no musicals about Jeremy Bentham? I pff,
2: because we haven't written it yet. <laughs>
1: that's, that's the best answer
2: I could have thought of. Is that we haven't written it yet. We're Someone get to call Lynn Manuel Miranda right now.
1: We're gonna get to work on this. <laughs> yeah. We're absolutely gonna get to work on this. That's awesome. So yes. That's a good find. Good point. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, we get four of the six that we know are the oceanic six uh reunited at the chopper. Uh in addition, uh, we also have um Sawyer. And Kimi, who's flying the chopper. So we have six people in the chopper, four of them being the Oceanic Six. So we know that something has to happen to Sawyer between now and the time that they're rescued.
2: Right. I mean, yeah, because... And you know that Sun and not Jin is going to be in the Oceanic Six. So there's still that mystery that needs to be solved.
1: Yeah, because Aaron is with Sun on the boat. So we know that as soon as the chopper returns to the freighter, all six are there, but we have a couple additional characters we know, aren't making it back to the mainland in Well,
2: And where's Desmond, where's Lapidus, right? Cause you know, cause so there, there's a lot that still needs to be worked out. Yes. We get those answers. Yes. We don't like all of them, but we get them.
1: No, I mean, and you know, we kind of have to bring up Sawyer's sacrifice because that is, and I don't want to, I don't sacrifice might not be the best word. Um, well i mean sacrifice doesn't always mean death so it still works but you know when they find out they have the hole in the fuel in the fuel tank they don't have enough fuel to make it back with the current weight of it it was kind of like poor hurley it's yeah, hurley in the
2: back deck all over again that's and
1: that's what i was going to bring up is that like when he's like i'd feel better if we lost a couple hundred pounds like it the camera goes to Hurley and he had like his eyes are down. He's gloomy because in his mind, he automatically is assuming they're talking about him.
2: Sawyer knows this and he does something for his friend Hurley there. Yes. He did it for nobody else except Hurley. No, I think he did it for Kate too. But I like it that his first thought was about his friend that was going through a moment there.
1: Yeah. I no, I completely agree. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Actually, um, yeah, the fact that like it's it's so it's so hurtful, not hurtful, and like it's just it's sad to know that like you know we know Hurley so well at this point. Yeah, we know that's what he's thinking. We know mm-hmm. that like they're talking about me. I I need to go. And you're right, Sawyer, making the choice to let it be him. It's more for Hurley than it is for Kate.
2: But it's also so Sawyer. Like what we know about Sawyer at this point and especially the the journey he's been on with this island, that wasn't even a thought for him. I mean, he went and ran after to try and save Claire. even like, well, well, under full attack from Kimi's crew. Yeah, you know, he he is the, he could be, could be. The most selfless person on the island.
1: Which is a far trip because he was not that person when he got there.
2: Or he was, but it's just that he had all of those walls that he had built up. He had that armor up. Yeah, yeah. that Once that was all, I mean, he's stuck with the same, he's never been stuck with the same people for very long. He tricks them and he moves on. He's never had a a real connection with a group of people before. He never even had a family really. And so now this is probably the longest he's ever spent with anybody as this group of survivors on the Island. And after a while, you stop being who you project yourself out to be, and you just start being you. You
1: start being and, and not only that, but you start being you not only are you for you, but now you're you for everyone.
2: Which is such a great thing to realize when that person turns out to be the swear that person that, that swear really is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's such it's it it's such it's 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 a complex moment because at, at one point you are. You 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 now understand why Sawyer's not one of the Oceanic Six. You realize that he's giving up his rescue. But when you think about the reasons why, namely Sawyer and Kate more, or not Sawyer and Kate Hurley and Kate yeah. more Hurley than Kate.
2: Yeah,
1: I, it's you. You understand it,
2: but at the same that time, karma, and that karma comes back on him too because he's I was about. Just, yep, because yep. he's just about to have the up. best time of his life.
1: Yep. I was just going to say the same thing. Like it actually works out better for him that he did that because he ends up probably having the most secure and loving relationship he has probably ever had in his life. It's actually probably the only, it's probably the actually first only ever real relationship he's ever had in his life. Yeah. I would agree with that. And in one season, it becomes the one of the fans most favorite elements of the show
2: absolutely i mean when people talk about you know relationships and and you know epic kind of uh romantic pairings on the show i mean i, I would say that sawyer and juliet are up there they're they're at the top
1: oh i mean and my top three of any of this series are sawyer and juliet Jin and son yeah and penny and desmond yeah they're my top three well they're the only
2: three that kind of
1: matter. Jack Sorry, and Kate. everybody
2: else. Well, I
1: mean, Charlie and Charlie and Claire are, are up there. Um, they're probably runner up. They're probably like in that fourth position. And the only reason why they don't rate the top three is because we didn't get enough of them. Mm-hmm. If they'd still be together now, at this point in the series, they'd probably still be up there. Um, you know, but these are relationships that, um, with two out of the three of them, unfortunately, end kind of tragically. Yeah. Not kind of tragically. They end tragically. Oh,
2: super tragically, but you yeah, know, that's okay. <laughs> um,
1: I think that kind of wow, we've we've been talking for a while. but we already knew this was gonna be a longer episode. So um, although I, I want
2: to
1: go ahead. I want to talk about that boat exploding, man. Let's talk about it. So I if, mean, it, we're going in the part, we're going into the third episode now. So I mean it, we can.
2: So I I have I knew what was going to happen. I know what's going to continue to happen. I know that Jen didn't really die, and that boat exploding and suns reaction yeah. brought me to such intense tears that I had to pause the show to just oh, regain see, myself.
1: Our, our tears came from different places this episode.
2: Ah. I had a real tough time with it. I was like, huh, huh, huh. like, I just <laughs> sat there just, I, t- I took my shirt and I just like pressed my shirt into my eyes. And just like, I was like, like it was really bad. <laughs> no, so, I mean, and I get it. I mean, I
1: I was, it, it was an emotional element for me too, but it's not where my tears came from this this episode.
2: Yeah, I just, there was something about sun, like, Begging for people to just keep looking for Jin, keep looking for Jin, keep looking for Jin, you know. And the fact that they just, I just wish that they could have just swung down far enough for Jin to just grab onto the bottom of the helicopter. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was enough time to try. Was there, though? Yes. There was enough time to try.
1: I don't know. I kind of question that.
2: All they all he had to do was dip down. Jin could grab oh, on. Well,
1: yeah, when Jin first came out, they probably could have just lowered enough for him to grab on. Yes.
2: Um, just like Charlie could have been saved as well. You know, that's twice, Desmond. That's twice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not putting this one on Desmond, though. <laughs> I, I'm not putting this one on Desmond. If anything, I don't even put this one on Lapidus. Um, You know, Lapidus was the one that said, like, no, we need to go now. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, we talked about the full range of Jack that we get in this episode. And th- there are a couple asshole moments from Jack in this episode, too. And they're not really asshole moments. They're just more desperation. Yeah, When they're first going back to the freighter and they're running low on fuel, Lapidus wants to turn around to the island and, you know, to land it on the island. And Jack's like, no, keep looking for the boat. Like, it's it's him taking a leadership role, but it's a leadership role out of desperation. Because he knows if they land back on that island, they're never getting back to that boat. Yeah. So it makes sense why he's being that way, but it's coming out of a desperate point. So, I mean, leaving, yes, while it is unfortunate th- that they had to leave Jin behind, I do kind of get it. Like, it was either, like, they leave Jin behind or they all, or they all, they take a risk and they all perish.
2: I just feel like Jin, Jin could have, you know, Jin is a very resourceful man, as we learn next, next season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, just in that moment, you're just like... Dip the helicopter, please (laughs) just dip the (laughs) helicopter. It's like watching the end of Romeo and Juliet all over again. Like you just think that every single time you rewatch something, it's going to change.
1: Well, see, you know, it's funny is, you know, you, you bring that up. It's like if they would only just dip down like a foot so Jin could get on or Romeo and Juliet, it's like if they had only just waited like a little bit, like uh, this would be different. I equate that. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. I know you're not a big horror movie fan, but um, the movie The Mist with no. Thomas Jane, Mm-mm. the ending of that movie is one of the most effed up movie endings to a movie I've ever seen because cool. can't it,
2: wait to watch it.
1: Well, I'll just I know you'll never watch it. So spoiler alert to anybody who's ever seen it. But the end of the movie is like it's all about this mist that rolls in and there's these creatures out in the mist. Thomas Jane, his son and two other people all escape in a Jeep and the, they're driving through this mist and the Jeep runs out of fuel. Thomas Jane has a gun with four bullets. So they decide like, well, we, we're not going to let these things take us. We're, we're, Oh no, they only have three bullets. So somebody has, so if they're going to all die, somebody has to stay alive. So somebody's going to perish by these things, these creatures. So it's one of the most messed up and heartbreaking endings because he kills the two people in the backseat. He then kills his own son to live with that anguish. So, when he has that anguish, he gets out of the car and screams, hoping one of these creatures will come and get him. And not 30 seconds later, the military comes in and clears out the fog. Had he just waited a minute, they would have all survived. It's, I'm telling you, like, I could see your reaction. It's harsh. And it's Stephen King, so it makes total sense. <laughs> well, yeah. It's That's like what the I mean. quiet place. Yeah, that was another one that was kind of like when so
2: John- many. Like, what is that? You know, I don't want to ruin the end of all these movies. Either, yeah. So let's go back to the show. Right.
1: Okay. Um Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we'll talk we're we're on the note of the freighter. Um, you know, when the the um Whatever the gas was in the tank with Michael, um, when he runs out and Christian Shepherd shows up, you know, and he's like, Who are you? And he's like, You can go now, Michael. And we're like, Okay, guess that's it. And it's literally seconds after that, yeah, boom, the the freighter goes boom. The light goes. So what oh, the is light that? On. What do you mean? What is that?
2: Why does Christian Shepherd keep showing up, man? <laughs> I, I think, didn't we already said, like, he's he's pretty much the
1: physical embodiment of the smoke monster.
2: But for everybody?
1: Oh, yeah, because why would Michael know who Christian Shepard was? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? You're right. Why wouldn't he appear to somebody that Michael knows? Like, he's made himself appear as Walt before. Why not appear as Walt?
2: Oh, no. <laughs> just, I can't even see that being... A good idea for Michael. Well, but I mean, like, uh, why have the
1: last face you see be somebody you don't know? Wouldn't it be a comfort to have the last face you see be your own son? Oh.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, but Christian Shepard is dead. Anthony Cooper. Well, no, that that's, that's a bad. But a he's bad appeared example. as Walt
1: before and Walt's still alive. He appeared to John Locke as Walt. When Walt was in the when John was in the pit. You know, when he told John, you gotta come out, you gotta get out. Yeah. So I mean to me it would be or uh, you know, oh see, it'd be worse if he appeared as Libby. That'd be almost like an insult.
2: Anna Lucia.
1: That would be a bigger insult.
2: Yeah, well, he would deserve it.
1: He would deserve it. You're right.
2: Um, you know, one of the th- as we all know, I have no sympathy for redemption arcs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, apparently not. As per a conversation we had before we started recording about a different show, which we won't bring up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, one of the other things that confused me too, going on these going on these little tidbits about like how do you explain this? One of the things that confused me was when. Lapidus is flying them all back to the freighter. He's adamant that he can't find the freighter. He can't see it. But yet Juliet and Sawyer can see it, or like Daniel and all of them can see it from the beach. Cuz remember they look out and they see the freighter.
2: So does that mean that they came inside the island bubble? But then why wouldn't uh, You know what? I don't maybe because but then when if they that's do see true, the cuz we know, okay. So we know that Jin is enveloped into the island moving, right? Because he's within a certain range of the island moving. Yeah, you're right. So why wasn't the helicopter in that same range?
1: Well, maybe this is where kind of the time jump comes in because when they followed that bearing to get back to the freighter and they couldn't find it, remember when they finally did find it, it's behind them. They passed it.
2: But then they took off from the same freighter.
1: Yeah, but when the island jumps, they're not in. There yeah, they in, are. No, they're in the lifeboat. Oh, no, you're right. The island disappears while they're still in the chopper. I don't know.
2: Well, let's I, add that to our plot hole twist list. Yeah, let's do that.
1: <laughs> um, one of the other things I want to bring up real quick, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Uh, the opening of this part three episode amazing with, with Saeed breaking Hurley out of the mental institution. Can I tell you, I got chills, absolute chills. And I'll say the name because I know you can't because of something that's in your room. I cannot. <laughs> um, when Hurley moves the chess piece as he's leaving the room and says, checkmate, Mr. Echo. I loved it. Ooh, I got chills from that because I forgot about that.
2: I would like to play chess with him. I would too. With the good father. Yeah,
1: I would too. But this is also the scene where, you know, when Hurley and... Sa- we, we mentioned earlier, when with Hurley and Saeed talking, that Hurley mentions, like, that's not Jeremy Bentham. That's not his real name.
2: Yep. And it's strange that Hurley is not happy to see Saeed.
1: Well, Saeed even says, like, you don't seem happy to see me. And he's like, I've been talking to dead people for, you know, since I've been here, you know, because we know he talked to Charlie. And now we know he's talking to Mr. Echo. So we have to imagine there's been other people that he's spoken with.
2: He's probably been talking to Dave.
1: Maybe. I think one of the other interesting things to note, though, is when he talked to Charlie, other people saw Charlie. Cause remember the, the guy what in that episode where Hurley is taught when Hurley first sees Charlie, th- there's one of the other patients that tells him like that guy over there.
2: I don't know why I, 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 I don't know Hurley's hallucinations. I, 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 I don't know that they necessarily are hallucinations. Um, And if it is the man in black or Jacob manifesting as different uh, people to keep Hurley connected to the island, then I'm sure that, you know, either either of those characters can make sure that other people also see them.
1: Maybe they can make themselves known to whoever they want.
2: Yeah, right. That makes sense. That's all I got. (laughs) I, I don't I don't know. I don't okay. know. Fair enough.
1: Uh, I'll turn it back over to you. What What's one of the next points you want to bring up about this?
2: Um, so I do like that Jack is thrust into the same situation as he was when the plane crashed, as when the helicopter crashed. He was still, he goes into life-saving uh, mode. It was a, a lot of chaos, just like the pilot episode, I think. Almost like bookending his experience on the Island with a plane crash and then a helicopter crash. Okay. Um, which was interesting because the back of the plane had a water crash. So it's kind of like he experienced both crashes.
1: Just from a lower altitude.
2: Right. (laughs) I mean, everybody was going to be fine, but you know, they had to administer CPR to Desmond. Um, You know, they had to make sure that everybody got on the boat. Um, There was just like all this chaos that was happening um, in that moment. And I remember when they did a a wide shot on the helicopter crash with Jack coming up out of the water and surveying the damage. It was so reminiscent of the pilot episode when he came out of the jungle and he surveyed the damage and Mm -hmm. then he sprang into action. And I, I liked that callback. I thought that that was really nicely done.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, and one of the things about that entire scene, that helicopter crash that really gave me more anxiety than anything else was Aaron. Yes. Everybody else is an adult, so they know to hold their breath when they hit the water, when they're going underwater. A baby does not know these things. Yes,
2: but babies are born from water. Babies instinctively can hold their breath. Even at that age, you think? I think so. It's like something with their gag reflex or something like that. But it just like, it made me so anxious
1: watching that scene because I'm thinking like, okay, the seatbelts in the chopper are able to hold them. Like they're able to protect them. Like this is a baby. Like, I don't know how a baby would survive this.
2: My guess is uh, Kate did everything in her power. Yeah. Oh yeah. Including maybe even putting her entire mouth over his nose and mouth.
1: I I have no doubt, Kate. Aaron is alive because of Kate. Mm -hmm. When it comes to that crash,
2: several times over. Well,
1: (laughs) yeah, that's that's incredibly true. But yeah, that I mean that that helicopter scene would not have made me as anxious as it did if not for Aaron being.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I do like that. You know, when everybody's in the boat and Jack's like, "We're alive," and everybody just looks shell shocked that this is all happening, and I just look at everybody on the boat and I'm like, these this. This whole little group of people is like, if bad if if, if bad decisions was a boat, like you guys <laughs> just made like one bad decision after after the other, and like the island is gone, <laughs> like you're in this lifeboat, the helicopter's gone, the freighter is gone, <laughs> like everything has been just ripped away from you, and then Jack's still mad. Jack's just. <laughs> It's like, like Hurley's like, wow, I can't believe you did it. Luck moved the island. And Jack's like, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but Hurley's, Hurley's like, reaction is the best. <laughs> the best. He's like, um, w- what, what do you have? Because <laughs> yeah. I think we all saw what we yeah. saw. <laughs>
1: um, the island's not there anymore, dude. So if you got something better, <laughs> like it's just I, I, that's one of the reasons why I love Hurley as much as I do. It's like, all right. Hurley's not pulling any punches. <laughs> he just, Hurley uh, really
2: comes into his own, though, especially in this episode. He stands up for himself. He knows who he is. You know, he's got friends. His friend Sawyer sacrificed himself for him. For all he knows, Sawyer's dead. Yeah. You know, Jin's dead. Michael's dead. Like, these poor six people and Lapidus and Desmond are just kind of like... Uh, what did we just do? <laughs> well,
1: I mean, in this, this kind of brings together everything else. We, we mentioned too of Kate saying in part two, the beginning of part two is like all the bad thing, all the horrible things that happened that day. And that's it. I mean, we had, the that's freighter. an intense day. We had the freighter exploit. We had rescuing Ben from Kimi's men. We had the helicopter crash. We had Sawyer giving himself up. Um, you know, Jin dying from potentially from what they believe. Michael dying. The freighter exploding. The island disappearing. Like that's a lot to take in in one day.
2: The island disappearing. My favorite part was when the light goes out and the water goes bloop.
1: Yeah, it's like a little world. Yeah, like a like a drop of water like appeared in the middle of the. Uh...
2: And then Jack's like, "There's another island. I saw it." And Lepidus is like, "Look around, man." here.
1: <laughs> yep. So okay, so we we have to talk about what made the island disappear because we've brought it up, and we we got to talk about the frozen donkey wheel, um, <laughs> and you know that's what the writers called it. That's what they called it when they were writing this episode. Is the frozen donkey wheel? Yeah. Um, you know we we find out from Ben putting all the metal into that area, it blows a hole in the back so that he can go into a cavern where he discovers that wheel. Um, And we see, you know, Ben in the, in the coat um, that he, we see him with the cut on his arm, which he has when he arrives in Tunisia. So now we have the connection of how Ben got from the island to when he woke up in the desert in Tunisia. This is what is it. It's spinning that wheel, making the island disappear that he ends up.
2: And he's thrown off the carousel.
1: Yes, exactly. Now, this brings up an interesting theory that I have, and I could be wrong. Most of the times we usually are. Um, this this light that's produced and the sound that's produced as the island is moving, it's very similar to two other occasions in this series. One is the hatch exploding, and two is the incident, which we have not yet gotten to. Yep. Is there any possibility cuz it's not explored throughout the series so it is purely a theory that when the plane crashes the first time it's because the island appeared under them when Desmond when the hatch blew up with the when well, not when the hatch blew up um when Desmond, actually, Desmond missed happens,
2: he missed yes, yeah
1: it happens four times oh no actually okay so when Desmond missed That They didn't see the bright light, so that was something different. So the plane crashing isn't because the island appeared below them. But when the hatch explodes, is there a possibility that during that expel of this energy, the island moved? Yes. Oh, it's just a simple answer, I guess. Again, it's not explored. We don't know if there's an answer to this or not. But I so think So are a- you
2: saying that the island moved again during the incident? I think this island moves multiple because times the throughout incident, the series. Because the incident is why they have the hatch.
1: Well, the incident is why they have the hatch, but the incident is also what brings them back to present day. Right. So the island moves then?
2: So are we just living in two different times?
1: I think this island has technically moved a number of times throughout this series, and we don't even know about it until we physically see it. I think the island has moved before. I think when the hatch exploded, there's a possibility the island moved.
2: That's plausible. As a Mythbusters would say, that's plausible.
1: And it could also explain why there's a time difference between the freighter and the island. Is because the island. It might have only been a slight move, but it probably moved. And the same thing. That's interesting.
2: I've I've never I've never thought about that, and I think that that's a really good. That's a really solid theory. I like I like it because let's just say that that's true.
1: Because that energy does expel itself until Desmond turns the key to kind of release it all at once,
2: which is what happened with the incident,
1: which is what happened with the incident. So maybe when Desmond, when that energy was releasing the Island kind of shifted a little bit in time and Desmond stopped it from moving when he turned the key. If that makes sense.
2: Well, I mean, we're about to go to the next episode. Um, and the next episode is going to have us island skipping. Yes. So it'll be interesting to make a mental note to see when exactly they skip. Because they skip like four or five times, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Um. Yeah, they skip a number of times. And I think you're right. It might be around four or five times.
2: Yeah, so I it, it would be interesting to me to see what times it is that they, that they skip. Cause I, I know that we go to a lot of different um, times, but that, that, that's for, that's for next, that's, that's ne- for, yeah. next week's problem. Um, but I do like that theory. I think that that's a really good theory. Um, so if the Island did move, does that mean that the helicopter moved, which made them easily uh, found?
1: Possibly. Again, yeah. Again, it's just a weird theory that I had. I I really don't know if there's any backing to it or not.
2: Yeah, no, I'm just asking
1: questions. Yeah, it just made me question it. Like, if we've seen this light energy before, like, you know, this expel of energy before, and we know what happens this time is that it causes the island to move. We've seen this energy before. We will see it again. Is there any possibility that the island moved during those times. You know, it's just an interesting theory that I thought. Um, all right. So what what do you got next that we, we want to talk about? I mean, there's still I got a couple things left on my notes, but like, not reunion. a lot.
2: The reunion man.
1: Oh man. Okay. Can we save that for last?
2: No. <laughs> okay. Then I want to talk about Sun and and Charles Woodmore because you. I loved it.
1: Yes. Thank you. First
2: of all, future Sun is a badass
1: yes she is
2: (laughs) she is wonderful and i love it that she calls out charles woodmore she goes are we really going to sit here and pretend that you don't know who i am
1: really Well, well i also find it very interesting too that you know she says um you know you know we're not the only ones that left the island which
2: well she was probably visited by jeremy bentham
1: Oh, good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that part. Because everybody else mentions they got a visit from Jeremy Bentham, except for son. That was probably her reveal that she got the visit from Jeremy Bentham. Yeah. Ah, I didn't even put that together. And, well my,
2: and my guess is. When does she find out? Well. She said we have mutual interests, which means that. He wants to find the island and she wants to find the island. The only reason that would make her want to find the island is one reason. Well, I think it's
1: because Jeremy Bentham tells her that Jin is still alive.
2: Yeah, I'm just, I can't remember if that's who tells
1: her or not. It would have to be Jeremy Bentham, aka Locke, because or, Ben wouldn't know.
2: Ben Linus knows everything that's going on at all times. Does he, though?
1: I think once he's off the island, he's got to get back, too. I don't think he has a connection to the island anymore.
2: Why? what's on it. He has a list for Saeed. Saeed's been killing for him for three years.
1: Yeah, but I think that list is basically just to get him to Whitmore. I don't think that has anything to do with what's happening on the island.
2: Well, I think Ben's connection...
1: yeah, I think Ben's happens. connection to the island is severed, too.
2: Well, then it's Jeremy Bentham that did that. But it's just interesting to me because, you know, at, at, in that moment. For I mean, honestly, son has. Her daughter, her only connection left to Jin. she's running her father's company like she's made a life for herself, even in the worst of circumstances, I think she got the short end of the stick all the way around when, mm. when it comes to um the oceanic 6. Um so I think that that's a really good sign or a piece of foreshadowing that Jin and Sun's story is not over.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that.
2: And if you didn't see it happen, it didn't happen. Yeah. That's like
1: television lore. It's like television taboo. Yeah. Yep. that's it. Yeah, that's a trope that many people still follow to this day. Mm-hmm. So if it didn't, ha- if it happened off screen, it didn't happen. Yeah. It's one of their, it's like how soap operas bring actors back after like being dead for seasons.
2: Not really. No, you can see them die and they'll still reappear.
1: Oh, yeah, because Dr. Drick Remore fell down an elevator
2: shaft. Yeah, he had a brain transplant. That's right, he did. (laughs) God. Ross Geller fully signed off on
1: this.
2: (laughs) I'm just
3: remembering that
2: episode. Jessica Lockhart will never do this again.
1: Oh my God, that's so good. You know, I'm laughing at myself too because I said, can we save the reunion for last? and I really don't have anything else other than the reunion and the coffin. Yeah. That's really, that's really all I have left. Um, Let's just, yeah, let's just talk about the reunion. Um, You know, I mentioned how, you know, I had to get up and physically get tissues watching this episode. Yours came from son's grief. Mine came from Desmond's happiness. Like it, The moment he realizes it's Penny, when he hears Whitmore, he hears Mrs. Whitmore, and he realizes it's Penny, there's nothing stopping him from getting on that boat. Like, that boat isn't even pulled up to the boat. Like, their raft isn't even pulled up to the boat yet. Jack is still grabbing the rope, pulling them in, and he's already on the deck of that boat.
2: Oh yeah. Well, like, as we learned, he's very physically fit. Yes.
1: <laughs> but I mean, like the Desmond Penny reunion has been something that people have waited for since getting introduced to Desmond. And it's something that pays off in this episode. And it's so emotional and it's so heartwarming and it's so happy like to watch. Like, that after all of this sadness and everything from Jin's possible death to Michael to the island disappearing, like, we, yes, we get left with a massive cliffhanger at the end with the coffin of, like, how did that person end up in the coffin? But it was so nice to me to get this heartwarming moment that kind of, like, was a little bit of a palate cleanser from everything we just went through for the past hour and a half.
2: Well, we could just say that it, is Penny's boat. I actually
1: have written down (laughs) is Penny's boat. I have that in my notes.
2: I'm not surprised.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and like just seeing, you know, not only like, like you could see how happy Desmond was to be reunited with Penny, but like to see the joy in his eyes introducing Penny to Saeed and to Hurley and to Kate and to Jack, like, like he is so happy to be reunited. And why wouldn't he be? The like worlds colliding. Yes, like it's <laughs> uh, God. Like th- it was at that point that I needed tissues.
2: Well, and it's in interesting general. because that's what that's why you have uh, to to look at it from a broader perspective. That's why you have a constant in your life. You know. Yeah. I mean. Desmond is instantly settled, instantly calm, instantly 100%, right? It and, and you see that. You see both of them have just instantly become who they were always meant to be, which, you know, was together, which was the two of them together, which is wonderful. Um, I also love about this is that the boat that they happen upon is a boat where they can take this week and they can get their stories straight they mm-hmm. can have the conversations they can take a moment to think about what just happened enough that if they had just happened upon any fishing boat the whole story would have fallen apart yeah there you know in this case you know Frank and Desmond can kind of Homer Simpson into the hedge and uh the rest of them, <laughs> what
1: i'm sorry i just pictured frank lapinas and desmond backing into a hedge over simpson style <laughs> that was a beautiful use of a meme <laughs>
2: <laughs> well we all know what i meant so uh, yeah you know it worked
1: oh so, god that was good continue
2: yeah sure <laughs> And then everybody gets to, you know, they they're just far enough out that they can have the convincing sunburn. And when they arrive, I mean, every single one of them has. You know, that look that they've been out in the sun for a while. Yeah. You know, thankfully, they didn't sunburn the baby. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like Desmond reuniting with this constant. I mean, at that point in time, you could see it in Desmond's face that Doesn't matter what's happened over these past couple months. Doesn't matter what's going to happen in the future. This is he's happy. Mm -hmm. Nothing else matters at this point. He's reunited with Penny.
2: I was actually thinking that with a few tweaks, very few tweaks, this could have been a really good series finale. Could have been. I mean, it, it would be interesting to...
1: I think more people would have obviously had to have been rescued. Um,
2: could be I, like a Stephen King ending.
1: But I think you could. <laughs> the I island could,
2: disappeared. <laughs> Bye. Well, that's what I
1: mean. Like you could have had like you could have had Sawyer and Claire and obviously um, a couple other people end up on Gin surviving on that boat. Rose and Bernard could have stayed behind with the island because that's where they wanted to be. John Locke could have stayed with the island because that's where he wanted to be. The island disappears, never to be seen again. Meanwhile, all these people find rescue. De- Penny is you know Penny and Desmond are reunited. Everybody finds their way home. You're right. A couple tweaks. this could have been a serious finale, yeah, and a good one, yeah, I think we got I think the the one that we got is still good, but
2: you're right, yeah, no, but I'm saying it wouldn't be like a limp out. It would be i mean, it would be a pretty solid finale,
1: yeah. I agree. A couple, you're right. A couple tweaks. It would have been a good. It would have been a good series finale. Um, I think the only thing left to talk about, unless you have anything else, is that final
2: scene. Jeremy Bentham
1: with Jeremy Bentham. I'll tell you what. Ben
2: Ben looked good. Ben looked like he had a long R and (laughs) R. Well, it's a couple facials. Yeah. Some good food. I mean, it's been
1: at least three years
2: three years yeah for him well two years because he time traveled to 2005
1: yeah but we know because remember he sees the art he sees the 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 news report about them being rescued oh no he sees Said at the funeral that's right so he comes but he actually he time travels he time travels slightly into the future you're right So it's not three years for him. It's probably been about two. Two. Yeah.
2: Either way, he looks like, you know, he got some good rest. Yeah. Well, that's
1: what not being chased around by a smoke monster and such will do for you. (laughs) You'll actually, and, you know, having guys like Kimi come after you. Like he's, he's got resources now. Kimi sucks. Yeah. But if I can get, if I can get Kevin Durant on the podcast, though. He I'm telling you, I've had him on twice before on my other podcast. He's a fantastic he's a fantastic person to talk to. So I'm definitely going to try. But yeah, I mean, we get that big reveal, like we get the whole mention of Jeremy Bentham throughout the entire episode. Who was Jeremy Bentham? Yeah. And, you know, Ben saying, like, everybody needs to go back in order for this to work. And then we get that final moment where Ben's like, no, we need him, too. And the camera pans over. And it's John Locke sitting in the Kaufman.
2: But we don't need Aaron.
1: Well, we don't know that yet at this point. Because Aaron's name is never mentioned. I know. But yeah, you're right. In season five, when we, when they do go back to the island, you're right. Somehow Aaron is not included in that. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember watching this the first time and being in utter shock that it was John Locke. Shock. Yeah
2: shock uh and i think the other shocking moment is that ben walks in and talks to jack
1: because up until
2: that moment you think that it's ben that's gonna be in the coffin yeah oh yeah because i I think one oh it's ben shock two and locks dead yeah and i think you're right i
1: think i remember watching that episode and when ben showed up i'm like wait what i thought I thought Ben was Jeremy Bentham. Yeah. And then seeing John Locke, I'm like, no, it can't be John Locke. Like, why is John dead? Um, oh, and it's such an interesting twist, too, that you find out that Jeremy, that John Locke is in that coffin because of Ben.
2: Yes. Spoiler which is alert. a great moment. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming up. Great episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah, great finale. Mm-hmm. This is one of the better finales of the entire series. I mean, Agreed. we've been... We've been going on for a while. So, I mean, we definitely had a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, any final notes on the episode from your end? Nope. Yeah, that's all I got, too. That was a lot. I mean, again, extended episode for two episodes of Finale. It makes sense that we did that. Um. Uh. So, yeah, we're going to jump into season five next episode, which is going to be fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But we want you guys to leave yeah. us feedback. Let us know what you think about episodes as you're watching them. As you're watching along and as you're listening, do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? Did we forget anything? Uh, let us know. Multiple ways you can do that. First, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lost Revisited.
2: We are on Twitter at Lost Revisit Pod and Instagram at Lost Revisited Pod.
1: You can email us at lostrevisitedpod@gmail.com.
2: And if you'd like to leave us a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address.
1: Absolutely. Uh, The last thing I would say is if you're enjoying the show, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to that uh, gives you the option to do so. Uh, And any reviews that you leave, uh, we will be greatly appreciated. So that leads us to the feedback for this week in which we have two, our buddies, Steve and Dez. Uh, are pretty reliable about leaving us feedback every week. So we're going to start with them. And this week, we'll start it with Steve. Last week, this week, we'll start with Dez. Uh, so let's play Dez's feedback.
3: Hey, guys, it's Dez uh, calling in about There's No Place Like Home, Parts 2 and 3. I'm a little more awake and a lot more caffeinated than I was last week, so hopefully I won't you know bore everybody to death. Uh, my notes are kind of a mess. So I'm just going to run through them real quick. Uh, part 2 had two big fights in it. Uh, first, we had Said and Kimi. Uh, that was a knockdown brawl. Uh, the best part, though, was when Kimi was on top of Said. I kept waiting for him to spit in his mouth, the way two brothers would do when they're fighting. Uh, and after Kimi gets shot, the way he played possum was epic. Um, the other big fight, obviously, Rose and Miles fighting over the peanuts. A um, couple other notes about part two. Uh, Juliet was so hopeful and trusting with Faraday about how the the Zodiac was going to come back and bring her else. It was like she was behaving the way she did before she was on the island, before she got all jaded. Uh, Ben giving John a video to watch like he's a toddler. That was nice. Uh, Sawyer, of course, jumping out of the helicopter, making the supreme sacrifice. And uh, John telling Ben, you just killed everybody on that boat. And Ben, not really caring. Um, part three. Uh, let's see. All I kept thinking was that Saeed has a particular set of skills. Uh, is Hurley kind of crazy or has he really been talking to the dead people and this cat is on my computer? <gasps> okay. <laughs> um, oh, like I was saying, is Hurley really crazy Or has he really been talking to dead people all this time? Um, It's odd that he he chose um, Echo to play chess with, though. Um, Whoever moves the island can never come back. Bullshit, Ben. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Um, Let's see. Sorry, Hurley. Jack's right. John did not move the island. Um, Let's see, Jack. I'll see you in another life, brother. True words. And the last thing—I'm sure you guys have probably heard this or seen this before—but the Hofstrawler funeral home, Hofstrawler is an anagram for flash forward, which leads us to the flash forwards. Or we've we've had flash forwards these the season, um, but not only that, flash forward is the show that took over for Lost when it went off the air. Okay, that's all I got for you guys. Hopefully, I didn't ramble on too much. Bye. We've we've um.
1: We've mentioned the Hofstrahler thing before. I think we mentioned that at the beginning of the season when we first saw the uh, the funeral parlor. Okay. I think we brought that up.
2: I will believe you. Um, and wait, wait, and
1: wait a minute. Des, when you say, like, he moved the island bullshit, he moved
2: the island. Well, Ben did move the island.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait. So, oh, he's saying when Locke said he yeah. moved the island. Oh, yeah, it was Ben that did it. You're right.
2: Yeah, but who cares? The island moved. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the more
1: important part is the island moved. Doesn't matter who did it. It got done. Um, Yeah, so thanks, Des, for the uh, for the feedback. And we apologize for the cat on your computer.
2: That's the fifth cat in this podcast episode. <laughs> yes, it is. Let's see
1: if Steve has any cats to talk about in this feedback. I highly doubt it. But uh, here's our feedback from my buddy Steve.
4: Okay, so Desmond basically knows enough about Bomb Disposal to tell them what not to do. Hey, Kristen and Ben, it's Steve. And I'm uh, watching the second and third part of the finale. There's No Place Like Home. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm still in my first watch of the... two second and third part finale so I'll, I'll get some more later when I rewatch it for a second time but we actually have a Penny's Boat in the third part Penny's Boat yeah it's a, it's actually a Penny's Boat I totally had forgotten that these two reunited and it's so good <laughs> or it feels so good get it? Okay I'm in my second watch and I'm just at the part now where Kimi's group is getting wiped out by the uh Uh, jungle-dwelling, backwoods, redneck others. (laughs) And Kiwi just blew up one of his own men. Couldn't find the anthuriums, could you? I didn't know what they looked like. What do I mean? (laughs) I love Miles more this this rewatch. I don't think I really paid attention to him previously, but uh, I really wish we had gotten more and more uh, from him or more about his power. So I just finished my uh, second watch of the first half, and I realized the comment I made earlier about the reunion was, I think it's Desmond and Penny, which is actually in the second half. So when I start my second watch of that, I'll have some more to say uh, about that part. All right. <laughs> A bit. So in three minutes, they managed to fuel the chopper with enough to get them to wherever they get to and repair the leak. That's some next level Scotty type for repairs. As first time viewers, I think we really thought Ben was um, actually remorseful about what he had done and how he had treated John. Um, but I, I don't remember, I don't think so. I think it ends up being, you know, originally he was gonna try to send John away, but now he can't. But it wasn't actually Jacob, right? It was, it was the body of Christian Shepherd. So we're not sure if that was Jacob or the man in black who told them to move the island, right? And wow, that was a great scene of it, the island disappearing. The baby is remarkably calm. Hurley's great. I love how Jack's trying to like, like deny it. And Hurley's like, if you've got another explanation, dude, I'd like to hear it. What was the Easter egg about the name of the funeral home? I forget. I think, Kristen, I think you mentioned it the last time we saw the name of the funeral home. Wow. Such a good season finale. Uh, can't wait to hear you guys talk about these ones. And uh, Yeah. Uh really, really good. And I can't wait. Season five coming up. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Thanks, Steve, for his commentary. I like it. Episodic commentary. Uh I one quick remark to one of his notes though. Um the the fixing the fuel leak and refueling the chopper in three minutes. Uh two words solves every problem, Steve. Duct tape. Yeah. You actually see Lapidus throw duct tape over the hole. Yep. So that was how they fixed the leak. He literally—that was the
2: next level, Scotty type of. uh,
1: Yep, he literally just throws duct tape over the hole, and it worked. I mean, that's what it's—that's what it's for. Well, that's not—it's not what it's it's for, but it worked.
2: It works.
1: They still ended up crashing, but still,
2: you know Um, what? The land disappeared. There's not much you can do at that moment.
1: Didn't matter at that point. It was, you. where else are you going to land but in the water? So, uh, but thank you guys for your feedback as always. And again, we encourage the listeners out there. Um, I check the numbers every week. I know you're out there. Um, leave us feedback. You know, even if it's only like a couple seconds, it's fine. We appreciate it. Um, leave it in text, you know, write it out or email it to us. You don't have to leave a voicemail. It's fine. And we'll, you know, we'll read it or play it on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, I think that leads us to recommendations for the week. Uh, anything from your end you want to recommend to the listeners?
2: I watched Resident Alien just the first episode. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy you did, and I love it. <laughs> I told you, hilarious. We haven't because it was Easter weekend. We just have not had the time to just sit down and watch it again. And we were finishing up Peaky Blinders, which I also recommend um, highly, but you have to really have a high tolerance for violence, high tolerance for violence. Um, And if you do watch it, if you don't, maybe, you know, watch it, but also have a blindfold handy. (laughs) um but yeah resident alien hilarious very good very good uh recommendation ben um
1: i i'm i'm reading your text now and your text made me so happy (laughs) when i got your text and it just says i'm watching the first episode of resident alien and he just looked up douchebag and taint and i almost (laughs) died laughing
2: i did (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then when I watched it again with Dave, he died laughing, and I laughed even harder.
1: <laughs> and then I sent you the GIF of him like tossing his phone after he <laughs> looks it up. <laughs> um, the season the season just wrapped on Resident Alien. It's only uh, it's only ten episodes. Um, but the season just wrapped. The finale was amazing, and I won't ruin it since you're watching it now. Thank uh, you. But there is a lost alum who pops up in episode nine.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: I won't reveal who it is, but I'll just I'll let you know for when you get to that point. There is a very familiar face in episode nine. Uh, yeah. All right.
2: Oh, and we have our sixth cat. And we have our sixth cat
1: <laughs> just popped up on your cam. <laughs> um, any other recommendations or are you just recommending Peaky Blinders and Resident Alien?
2: Just that for today. Okay. Uh again and I'm, cats. I think and, everybody should have a cat. And cats.
1: Unless you're a dog person, then get a cat anyway.
2: I'm a dog person.
1: Yeah, that's right. You have both. Um I uh I'm recommending Resident Alien again, and this will be my last week doing it since it, the season wrapped up. Um Falcon and a Winter Soldier is amazing so far. I know you have an episode to catch up on for that as well. Um, but there is a there's a movie that just released that I want to recommend to people. I haven't seen it myself yet, but I've heard amazing things about it. Um, it's Idris Elba as a cowboy in Philadelphia, so you can't in. really go wrong.
2: In, um, in. Con-
1: it's called Concrete Cowboy, and it's actually based off a true story about um, actual urban cowboys that lived in in the Philadelphia area.
2: You had me at Idris Elba. I, I know. I, I don't, didn't don't have to care say care what it's about. <laughs>
1: yeah, I didn't have to say anything else other than Idris Elba. You said you it in.
2: stars Idris Elba. Great. Done. okay that's enough stop there I'm good <laughs> I'm in
1: um I want to but I want to see it too because it's also about a story of something that happens here where I live so I'm really have you
2: watched Minari it. yet
1: no I want to you're dumb I know I have to get through I'm getting through um I'm rewatching the Godzilla King Kong movies to get through Godzilla versus Kong and then once I'm Godzilla versus Kong I'm diving into all the Oscar films and I'm starting with Minari so, okay.
2: Yeah. By the time we record again, ben, I'll have, I'll have know when it. that is. Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh yeah. It's a, it's in a, it's yeah.
2: It's so a few days. The... Yeah.
1: <laughs> I will. I will have watched it by then.
2: Good. I look forward to your recommendations.
1: I look forward to giving my recommendations and my opinions. Uh, and you
2: always do <laughs> we don't... stay away from Facebook on days where Falcon and winter soldier come <laughs> out because of you. I
1: don't post. The, I don't post spoilers on Falcon Winter Soldier.
2: No, but if you say yay or nay, it, it, it that is. Oh, it still affects leading. your. Oh. <laughs> well, then I won't do it.
1: I didn't do it this week.
2: Well, I I'm not on Facebook, but I always hear Dave go, "What is wrong with Ben?" <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: The funniest part about that is I could picture it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best part about it. It's like I could picture him reacting that way. Yeah. Um,
2: He's like, I don't care that you liked it, man. I just want to watch it.
1: <laughs> I know this episode came to you guys a couple days late, um, uh, which we apologize. So we hope you guys had a great Easter, Easter weekend. Um, next episode will be coming this weekend. So we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to nope. be recording by Friday. The, our next episode is recording on Friday, the ninth that's on the season five premiere. So if you want to leave us feedback, you have until Thursday night to get it to us so we can make sure it's in the episode. Yes. Uh, so you have by Thursday, the eighth to get us that feedback. Any final notes before we wrap this up? Nope. No. Um, only other note I have is thank you for sticking around. We know this was an extended episode, but we had a lot to talk about with this finale.
2: And we make it fun.
1: We do. We try to, at least. Um, I'm really looking forward to diving into season five. I, me too. I really am. Yeah, me
2: too.
1: So uh, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the audience and everything that you guys do. But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care.
2: Bye. <laughs>
4: We have to go back!